0: Hey there, welcome back. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about lessons from Joanna Gaines and the Fixer Upper Show. So if you don't know who Joanna Gaines is or the Fixer Upper Show, which, you know, I have some friends that said that they went to the Magnolia Market, which is their big retail center that they have, and it's awesome, it's great, but she didn't get it because she's never watched the show. So if you've never watched the show, uh, you might not get this, but I am going to explain how that translates to the garden. So by the way, if you're new here, welcome to the Edible Gardens podcast. I'm your host, Nanette Blair, and I'm so glad that you found this because what we do here is help people create edible and beautiful landscapes that are way better than organic because I'm on a mission And my mission is to make good food accessible to everyone. And in my opinion, the best definition of good food is nutritious, delicious, and safe. And it doesn't get any better than picking fresh fruit, herbs, veggies straight off the plant where you know what went into it from start to finish. And you won't find any tomato cages here. As a matter of fact, there's a lot you won't find here, including pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, or any of the other sides. But what you will find here are landscapes that are designed for beauty, reflection, fun, entertaining, and the list goes on to whatever you want. After all, it's your home, your yard, and your taste, and beauty truly is in the eye of the beholder. Okay, you know that garden you've been thinking about? Well, I know you're ready. I know I'm ready. So let's dig in. Okay, the show, The Fixer Upper, if you've never seen it, basically what they do is they would go in and buy the worst house in the neighborhood, just a dog of a house. Like, it just looks so bad, so outdated. And what they'll do is uh, they have, a couple as in like a husband and wife or something. And then they will help them find a house because they're realtors also, Chip and Joanna Gaines. And then they'll show them like three different houses and then they'll pick one and then they'll say, this is how much it's going to be to fix it up and all that good stuff. This is how much it'll be when you're all done. And then they just transform it and the transformation is just amazing. So they take the worst house in the neighborhood and completely redo it. And it's just an amazing transform transformation every single time. But if you watch the show for a long time, you start to see a pattern. And basically, she does the same thing pretty much every single time. I'm saying pretty much every single time. As far as I can remember, all the shows I've seen, she does the same thing every single time. She tears out a wall to make the space bigger usually in the living room. She installs recess lighting or can lights. She installs an island in the kitchen with some sort of drop-down lights over the island. She uses subway tile and shiplap every single time she can. So, and I love her style so much. When we moved to our our little old farmhouse that was built in the 1930s, all I wanted to do was tear out walls. (laughs) But we didn't do that. Uh, You know, anytime someone tears out a wall, it's just really scary. But I look around and I was like, and I see still to this day, after five years, after we've been here for five years, I still want to just go tear out walls and just make the space bigger. But what we did do is we put in can lights and we tore out sheetrock and expose a shiplap and a lot of the walls not all the walls uh, we're still not done yet and put a kitchen island in the middle of the kitchen with some drop-down lights I'm really happy with it and I'm really grateful that she gave me a framework to work with so even though I said she does pretty much the same thing every time I'm not saying it's cookie cutter at all not at all to me when someone says cookie cutter it means that it lacks character you know, it doesn't have anything that distinguishes it one from another. But when we translate this to the garden, then whatever plants you use can make the framework look completely different. So what she has is a system, a framework. So that is, you know, whenever I, I started thinking about this and I thought, that's exactly what I do in the garden. So I thought, well, I'll just talk about the framework and really kind of how this evolved was I saw things that worked and I saw things that didn't work. I saw plant combinations like color and texture that I like. And I saw plant combinations that I didn't like. I was like, eh, that doesn't really work together. So I kind of like, you know, subconsciously or unconsciously, I just, (laughs) I just didn't do that again. But I see myself repeating the same pattern over and over again. So I do have a system And I thought I would just go ahead and share that with you. So what I do when I start a brand new garden bed is I lay out the shape first. I decide what shape I want it to be. Now, when we first moved here, I was just so gung-ho. I just wanted to get it done. We just went out there and we just put out a, mulch, a bunch of mulch and a mulch, a bunch of mulch. Yeah. Okay. So whenever I did that, uh, then I put rocks out and that didn't work because the grass sneaks up under the rocks. And then I decided to do a plumb line, like a berm, like we've talked about, and um, yeah, so the very fir- first thing, I don't want to get too deep into ha- the how to's and all that. I just want to talk about the framework, but i lay out the shape of the bed and then I, and so what I'm doing is I'm defining or redefining the space, right? And then I bring in a whole bunch of mulch and I'll lay it on at least a foot thick. And I have done, uh, about three YouTube videos on how exactly how I do this, how I start from scratch. So You can go watch those videos. There's uh, how to start an edible landscape from scratch part one, how to start an edible landscape from scratch part two, and then I have a video on how I make a nice crisp edge. So you can go watch those. But that's what I do. So I lay out the shape of the bed. Basically, I'm defining or redefining the space. I refine the shape with mulch. And then I'm planting my fruit trees in there first. And that kind of helps me even... It's it's kind of like with fruit trees. I'm just saying, here's where the bones are. Okay, that's, re, that's redefining the space even more. And then I plant perennial herbs to confuse a pest. I install some sort of vertical trellis or obelisk for beans or peas or tomatoes where I think it looks good. And usually, honestly... I'll put it somewhere, and this is what's great about you know, something like a trellis. It usually has something that you push down into the ground. It's real easy to pull it up and move it to another place. And a lot of times, I do end up moving that. That's really more like a couch, <laughs> you know, it's not like building a room. Uh, if it was a fence, it would be more like defining the space like a wall, but uh, usually, I just I have something there, a trellis or an obelisk or a fence or something that I can plant, something that's going to vine. Because I personally, I don't like to have vines growing up my fruit trees. I just don't trust it. (laughs) And maybe I'm, I could be wrong about that. I know a lot of permaculture people do that, but I just don't do that. I don't, I don't want anything to kill my fruit trees. (laughs) Okay. So, and plus I don't really like the way it looks too much. It looks kind of jungly, um, but that's me. Okay, so I do some sort of a trellis or obelisk or something. Putting something there that I have, uh, things like beans or peas or whatever can grow up. And then I plant flowers, either perennial or good self-seeders because I want to make it less work over time. I leave spots open for annuals like peppers, squash, melons, etc. And that's pretty much it. That's what I do on a repetitive basis. I do the same things over and over and over again. I feel like I did a little too much explaining. Like I've done a lot of explaining on why I do each one of these steps in other past episodes, kind of in passing. So I've talked about it a lot. So I want to just say, here's the bare bones. I'm going to repeat this one more time. I lay out the shape of the bed. I define that space and then I refine the shape with mulch whenever I refine the shape with mulch, I do my nice crisp edge that refines it even more. And then I plant trees and then I put in my perennial herbs all throughout the whole bed. And then I install some sort of vertical trellis or obelisk or something. Then I plant flowers and then I, and I'm the whole time I'm doing this, I'm leaving spots open that I can plant annuals into. Okay, so that's the bare bones. This whole talk here (laughs) was just to say I do the same things over and over again. I, I lay out the shape of the bed. I'm defining the space. I refine the space when I put the mulch on it and put the nice crisp edge on it. I plant the trees. That's giving me my bones. I plant perennial herbs throughout the whole system. And then I install some sort of vertical trellis or obelisk, okay? And then I plant flowers, either perennial or good self-seeders, and I leave spots open for annuals. So that's what I do, and that's pretty much it. And I thought, you know, I, I think that before we do next week's show, I really wanted to talk about this framework because... Is it cookie cutter? I don't think so because it's something that I just, it's the system. There may be some steps that I'm, I'm missing, but I don't think so. That's what I do every single time. And then the rest of it, you know, picking out colors, picking out plants, picking out textures, picking out, um, you know, like a dynamic accumulator or picking out nitrogen fixers, picking out the plants that go in it. That's really like the furniture in the room you know, like if you think about it as analogy of like a house, like fixer upper, or the analogy of like a living room or a kitchen or whatever. First of all, you got to define the space. That is really job one. You need something to plant into. I was um, doing some consulting with someone about setting up their own, they just moved to a new property and setting up their own edible landscaping. And um, I kept telling her, I said, you got to get to bare soil first. You got to get to bare soil." And I said, okay, well, you need to decide what you want the shape of your beds to be. I'm not going to tell you what the shape is that you want. Like I'm not, I, I would much rather come in and help someone do this on their own than to do it for them and charge them lots of money. I just really, I have no interest in doing that. I'll consult with someone and help them along. But the reason is because if I do it, they have no ownership of it. I want people to have ownership of it to be able to say, I did this. You know, I, I'm just the guide. You're, I'm, I want to be, I think I've said this before and it sounds so cheesy, but it's so true. I want to be the Yoda and you're the Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I want to be Q and you're James Bond. I want you to be the hero in your, or, your own story. And that's why. I do things the way I do it when it comes to the YouTube channel, when it comes to this podcast, when it comes to the website, I want you to be the hero in your own story. And I'm always saying, uh, you know, remember, this podcast is dedicated to you so that we can all put good food on the table. Well, if you don't own it, then um, you're going to be constantly calling me back and say, oh, this happened and my seed died or, you know, this tree died or what And I'm going to say, well, that happens. Sorry, it's kind of tough love, you know, but it happens sometimes. But if I own it, then you have no idea why I did what I did. I would rather, much rather take someone by the hand and say, you make the decision and here's all of the options and here's why. And then you're going to do the observation. Like her first job was to walk the property every single day. It's brand new property to them. Walk it every single day. Try to find something new every single day. We've talked about that before, right? And, uh, you know, try to find a new bug, a new weed, a new um, place where water puddles, uh, you know, just all that kind of stuff. But <clears throat> anyway, I digress. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you have to get to bare soil first. So why not go ahead and set it up? Set up the framework first. So next week, we're going to be talking about uh, how to make an edible landscape look more like an ornamental landscape. And the reason that we're going to talk about that, I, I think that that's what everybody, it's kind of like the elephant in the room, right? The gorilla in the room. It's like, we haven't really talked about that, but I know that's what everybody wants to know, like right now. And I've been answering it kind of passively, but we're going to be intentional, real intentional on it next week. Like, how do you make it look like an ornamental landscape. And the answer is really, really easy. And so, yeah, we're going to talk about that next week. And I also want to remind you uh, to please rate and review the show. That just helps other people find the Ediful Gardens podcast. And if they're looking for some answers and inspirations, just like you were and you did, then um, why not try to help other people find it, right? (laughs) So, and remember, this podcast is dedicated to you so that we can all put good food on the table.